Good evening and welcome to Italian Impact Weekly. I am your co-host Steve Stefano Mancini. And my name is Claudio Relsano and we appreciate all of you listening to the show again. Appreciate all, all of you. That's right. Whether you, well, we appreciate you because you heard us appreciate you by listening to us. So there you go. Uh, we want to thank all of our listeners. Again, we appreciate you folks tuning in. And we want to, uh, you know, give kind of a shout out to the folks. We actually have international listeners that have been listening to us. And, you know, we're getting some wonderful feedback. So we truly appreciate that. And, uh, again, in case you missed any of the previous episodes, we've had a lot of good guests on this show Go out to ItalianImpactWeekly.com. Again, that's ItalianImpactWeekly.com. You can click all the buttons you want and get to any of the streaming services, or you can find us on iTunes, iHeart, Amazon Music, all of them. I'm trying to Spotify. I'm trying to go through the list, Claudio, and I can't Stitcher. remember. Just a ton of just a ton of uh, streaming media services. So thank you again. Thank all of our listeners. We appreciate that. Now, before we jump into our guests, though, I want to make one little announcement. So if you do not have a pen and paper Right next to you, I'm going to give you two seconds to go get it. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, because there's a great event coming up February 17th. It is going to be the Italian Carnavale, hosted by the Calabria Club and friends here in Pittsburgh. And again, that is Saturday, February 17th. If you'd like to come, give Sal a call at 412-812-3989. Again, that is for the Italian Carnavale. Give Sal a call if you're interested, 412 412- 812-3989, and I'll also put a nice link up on the website at italianimpactweekly.com, so you can click on that, get all the information you need, and we hope to see you there. I will be there. I went to an event last night with the Calabria Club, fantastic, fantastic group of people, and listen, you know the food's going to be good. If it isn't, we're not real Italians, but that kind of makes a nice transition into our guest, who is a wonderful cook and we're going to learn a lot about her and in my short time of knowing her let me tell you something she is anything but boring so i want to welcome our guest darina lentella darina how are you i'm great how are you i'm living the dream ma'am living the dream Um, i'm real excited to be here darina first of all i want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule i believe you are one of those busy people that we hear about in life how are you how are you and i know you uh before we jumped on the show you said i'm packing up the house and i'm moving i'm gonna stop and start right there tell us about where you're going to well we've um we spent um you know all our lives mostly here but i go back and forth to italy regularly because i take people on trips We'll come back to that. We've decided, my husband and I, we've been spending the past two years now, since COVID, since he's been working from home, we um, are spending almost half the year there already anyway. So we decided we're going to sell the house here and go to Italy. So we're moving over there what to the part, motherland. What part, Dorina? So we're going to be in my hometown of Roseto Valfortore, the province of Foggia in the Puglia region, in the heel of the boot. Oh, you're going south for the spicy food. Now, how far is that from uh, Calabria, Cosenza, that area? Actually, so we're in, in Calabria, so my husband is Calabrese, and um, and I'm a Pugliese, and I'm actually an Italian mutt. I've got Sicilian, <clears throat> Pugliese, Nobledon, and up even a little teeny bit of up north. So Okay. All right. Because most of the yeah. people that we, well, you know how it, one family comes, then they call and they send the other ones and so on and so forth. The big, the two big here are from Abruzzi and from Calabria. Like from where I'm at here in Pittsburgh, a bunch of uh, Cal- people from Calabria. And the Pittsburgh area is um, Bruzzese, you know, from, from Abruzzi. So that's, I wasn't sure. Right. How about, like, where you're from, and you, I know you're from so, Washington, D.C., Delaware. Uh, what is the uh, people there? So where let are they me from? tell you. So I actually have a little story. 
so the people, my dad, I mean, I've got family from all over. Obviously, my parents met here, so that's, mm-hmm. that's why I've got a facility in my father. But um, my dad's side of the family came from Roseto Valfortore, the place I'm going to go to that I spend all my time at. Roseto actually has a really cool story. So in the 1880s, people from Roseto, Italy, came over to the States, and they landed in eastern Pennsylvania working in the slate mines there in the slate belt. Yeah. And uh, they were near Easton and Bangor area. So anyway, um, so they got to working, but they were kind of pushed to settle as the Italians were at the time, and uh, moved off to the side, and they started their own town adjoining the other one, and they named it Roseto after the town in Italy. Mm. So fast forward to the 50s and 60s, a doctor serving the town told another doctor that nobody in this town had any heart disease, and they were lacking a lot of other ailments as well. And so they go study the town. What are these people eating that they're so healthy? And what they ultimately found was not what they were expecting um, because they were eating salted cured meats, food fried, and they were smoking and drinking and healthy. And they're like, okay, what? And uh, if only you could see my hand motions right now. And, um, <laughs> and uh, they, um, what they studied, they studied further. And what they found was that it was the community-centered, church-centered, family-centered life. I call it life around the table, not necessarily what you're eating, even though we eat the best food, but how you're eating together with the people at the table. Right. And they, they really had a community feel. They did the passeggiata, the, the evening stroll. You know, <laughs> they, they talk to their neighbors. People know each other. Multiple generations live together. And so it was basically lack of stress. Somebody's always there got you your go. back. <laughs> and, and so that's why I love being over in Italy so much, because where I go is the original Roseto. And the fact is, is that all the little villages in Italy still live that way. And so when I first started doing trips over there, you talked about me being a cook. So, yes, I've grown up in the restaurant business, um, my own restaurant. I've been teaching people how to cook since I was 19. And, um, and it's been a passion of mine to teach people how to cook. I have six kids. And, you know, I'm like the queen of like my kitchen was like an episode of Chopped for 20 years. You know, it's like, quick, what are we making for dinner? In 30 minutes, it was on the table. But what I found was I took a group over to Italy um, back in 2017 who had asked me, you know, some people in one of my cooking classes, when are you taking us? You're always talking about Italy. I said, all right, let's go. So, and it was a cooking trip. It was about cooking and it was about learning how to cook to be healthier, cheaper, tastier, and that kind of stuff. But it was after I did that first trip that I found that, you know, look, I'm, I'm from Roseto. I have more to tell than just cooking. And all of a sudden, it, this whole I'd been I'd been seeking something that I was supposed to be doing bigger. Even though a friend of mine said, "What are you talking about? You got six kids, you've done big." But uh, I knew something else, and then I realized that I'm supposed to help people by way of the table, bring people back to the table. And so, because you know, unfortunately here in America, we've lost that tradition, whether they're Italian or not. Although, who better to like? Who better to be the example of that than us? We are the stereotypical people around the table, you know? And so I decided to play into my Italian mother stereotype. And because, you know what, nobody says no to the Italian mama. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're, they're expecting me to wave my spoon. They come over to the table, and everybody does. So all my kids, all their friends, you know, all their American friends, they all came to my table. And so that's what I've been teaching people now. I, I teach people how to cook for the sake of getting back to the table. And I take them to Roseto, Italy, not just to learn how to cook, but learn how to live. Very so that's well kind said. of my mission. I love that. Thank Very you. well said. I like that. Now, the irony was you said low stress, but multiple generations living together. I'm not going to lie to you. There are certain generations that I don't know that I would be comfortable <laughs> living with, and I don't think it's going to reduce my stress. Um, but I do want to go back to the no. cooking. So let's start there because, I, you know what, you said something very important. 
you know, very important is that there is a loss of this communal meal. And, and, and you look at the history of mankind, you know, we've always, people don't understand humans are designed to be communal creatures. We're designed to be with other humans. This, this idea yeah. that people want to go home, they want to work alone, they want to stay in their house, you, you know, they want to just eat in front of the TV set, head down the phone. It, it is just destroying the psyche of America and, and just people in general. I think it's not even limited to America. It's just the world. I mean, technology, number one, is just destroying the human element. And as a result, we're destroying the human spirit. So I love the fact that you're saying, listen, I'm not just teaching you cooking. I'm teaching you basically how to be a human again, for a lack of words. Would you, would yeah. you agree with that? Absolutely. You know, uh, gosh, over 20 years ago, I was chairing an Italian festival down in the D.C. area. And there was this cool old priest, Father Carmen, who was he was kind of in charge and I was the chair. We were having a conversation one day, and he, we were talking about how important it was to keep this festival going. And he said to me these three points, which I've expanded on. He said, you know, first you have your heritage. And, you know, around here, everybody's somebody from someplace. People more in touch with their heritage tend to be in touch with their religion because, you know, most of the time they go hand in hand. If you're Italian, most likely you're Catholic. And then people more in touch with their religion, he said, tend to be more in touch with their families. And if you think about it, you have the traditions and the rituals of your heritage and your faith that bond your families. And people more in touch with your families, he said, tend to be better individuals. And I thought, wow, that is something that stuck with me all But in the meantime, nowadays, when you think about it, what do we got? We got no heritage, no faith, no families. And we just have a lot of lonely individuals. And I think like what you were just saying about people sitting home by themselves, I think they do that just because they don't, it's not there. They haven't, it's literally something you're taught. You know, we as Italian Americans grew up with this tradition. And so my kids go out and they're like, I don't understand. How come they don't do this? How come, how come they don't know how to make sauce? How come, you know, my daughter didn't know you could, you could buy breadcrumbs because I make my own, <laughs> you know? So it was, um, these are the things that uh, we grow up with and we take for granted and we think that are so simple. And to me, I think, gosh, I got to teach this to people. It's like, what am I, I'm teaching stuff that people should already know, but yet we don't know anymore. And I've, I've luckily, I'm so proud to say that it's impacted a lot of people. And I'm on a mission to act more. When my daughter was, I think, eight, uh, Darina, she went to her friend's house for dinner. And they were doctors, both of them. And so she sat down, not a peep, nothing. All you heard was the click clattering of the dishes and the fork. And then when she came home, she said, Daddy, I would never want. And the girl wanted to hug her dad. He <laughs> flat out told her, no hugging at the table. I mean, like you said, who? Be, I like what you said. Who better wow. than, than, than to keep that tradition and teach that tradition than us? Because exactly. we, we do it. And, and another thing you said about stress levels. When I was in Italy, I, I said, man, this is the place to live, to be not stressed because here you're on the phone texting you're mad about something you're dealing with an idiot and over there it didn't seem like that but um i i do want to ask you something sure. my mom and dad were from my mom from the de Inez and my mom my dad from falerna in calabria and they were next to each other so the cooking was the same but then there's another town oh, I don't know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes over called Jitsidia, which a lot of people from Jitsidia live where we live here in Pittsburgh. And they cook differently. They, they're they more, uh, like, for example, whenever we did the uh, you know sausage, they would use beef casing. We use pork. Uh, j just, just different. They even speak a little different, a little different dialect. Right. But how different is the cooking, say, in your area to the neighboring town? Well, I can tell you compared to Calabria. So the thing is, is that 
you know, Italy was a bunch of little city-states. You know, each town kind of was on its own way, way, way back. You know, my town goes back to before 1,000. Like, they think there's records of it to about 700, okay? So people were very isolated. There were no phones. There were, you know, they could you know, go, take in a donkey, a choo-choo, a mule <laughs> right. to, um, to go to the next town, you know? But um, what it is is that each – okay, first of all, the north and the south. First biggest piece are very different. The sure. north, you're going to have more cream starches. The south, you're going to have more tomato-based sauces. Then you go from region to You know, Calabria is known for its spicy food. I grew up with Puglia. It's very um, kind of chill. It's very natural flavors of the foods. My Sicilian grandmother cooked a lot of, with a lot of spices, a lot of flavors of Sicily, but it's not hot spicy. Okay. So I had these different food, you know, uh, histories in my family. But when I got married, and I married a Calabrese, can I tell you, his aunt gave us some Induya. You know what Induya is? That sounds really familiar, and you're going to tell me I'm going to go, oh! It's N-D-U-J-A, with an apostrophe there. Anyway, Anduja is a very hot, spicy sausage that is, when it's in the casing, it's actually soft because it's almost more peppers than it is meat. So his aunt had made some, and she gave us some, and we're newly married. And it's, hey, threw up. my husband said, throw a little bit of this into my in my scrambled eggs. I said, okay. So I'm thinking, okay, it's sausage, you know. So I throw it in the pan, and I had to actually scoop it out of the casing. It's that soft. So I cut I guess this a little bit. I throw it in the, fr- in the hot frying pan. What happens when you put hot stuff in a frying pan? It gets. It's like I was started to cry. I'm like, I'm reaching. I'm I'm far away from the pan. I'm like, this stuff is sizzling, and it's going up in my eyes. I'm like, I'm my eyes are burning. I'm like, what the hell is this stuff? You know, I'm dying. Now, after 34 years, I love it, you know, not to the he still puts it in his eggs, every, you know, in the morning a lot and a, a bigger scoop than I put in mine. But it's good stuff. But it's a uh, it's a different, um, absolutely different tradition than what I was used to. But, yes, town to town, whether you're talking language, like there's a town near me. So my town is Roseto. There's a town not far away named Faeto, where they have almost a French twang to their accent, their dialect, because they were settled way, way back by the um, so, you know, there's each town to town, you know, region to region and town to town. There are, you know, little nuances that are different or sure. different words. You know, the, um, the, our town, we call the wild oregano that we pick on the mountain. We call it an ed. Okay. But the next town calls us, I forget what they call it because it's not important to me because it's not what we call it, but they call <laughs> it something else completely. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. And it's, it's, it's really, really a lot of fun when I'm over there and I'm learning, more of them. I mean, I know a lot of my dialect, and you know it's very interesting because a lot of Italian Americans probably have this same thing. When when the when we came to this country, we brought our language with us, and often it was the old language because they were less educated back then. You know, in the early 1900s and even up to the 50s, because the town was way way you know older than you know in a, in a different kind of time zone, a kind of almost like a like a I don't know time warp. Anyway, but. Um, we brought the old dialect with us. But what has happened in Italy is for a while there, they were trying to get everybody to feel Italian and try to unify the language. And so then people were, because I, when I first started on Facebook, you know, 20 years ago, I remember my cousins in Italy writing in Italian on Facebook. All of a sudden, one day, a couple of years into it, I see all these consonants on my cousin had written something. I'm like, what the heck? And all of a sudden they sounded it out. And I'm like, oh my God, that's diet. Because they, they just really sound things out. And it's much more guttural. And, um, like, holy crap. And what, they, what Italy found was that they needed to hold on to the dialects because that's where all our history is. That's that's such a part of all of us in each individual town. It's what makes each place you know, their own and special. 
So, um, but what we did, not all the old dialects here. And so a lot of people who go back to visit actually speak the old dialect. Like I know a lot of the old dialect words where some of my friends over there don't anymore, you know, or at least the ones a little bit younger than me. But uh, it's interesting, it's a very interesting concept. And those old dialects are going to die out because they all went away and then they changed. So now they do the dialect again, but it's kind of mixed with, so it's not quite full dialect. It's like half dialect, half Italian. But it, it is, it's really fun to speak. It's kind of like when, when I'm out of town, I try to speak Italian. When I'm in town, I like, but when you get home and you're in town, it's dialect, it's almost like putting your pajamas on. It's so comfortable. It's just like you fall into it, you know? Right. It's really neat. You know, it's funny you said that because we've, we've mentioned dialects in the past on the show, talking to different folks, and that was the one thing that I really want to do was learn a dialect because my family that I actually speak with, they're down in Calabria. When they speak with me, they're speaking to Italian. But when they start talking to each other, I'm, I, I can pick up a word here and there, but most of it, it's just very different. And in, and in fact, what's funny, or actually funny, ironic, was the other night I was talking to an Italian guy, an old guy, and he came here in the 50s. And I said, oh, I found out he was Italian, so I started talking Italian with him, and he, he understood, and we, we talked a little bit. And then he says to my wife, he says, oh, he's speaking Italian, but I actually, I'm from Naples. So it, it was... It was just weird that he saw Italian almost as a foreign language that, that I was speaking, even though he understood it, because his first right. language is actually, you know, Napolitano, like he's from Naples. So they, if you, if people in oh, Naples yeah. speak something very different. And I, and I know there are parts of Calabria that speak that, but also people don't know, they still speak the ancient Greek in some parts of Calabria. And I believe, mm-hmm. um, I believe it's Albanian or one of the Slavic languages. I was just going to say that there's some tongues. Down in Calabria and up in Abruzzo also that speaks Albanese. Yeah, absolutely. It's, so it's crazy. To your point, though, I mean, it's a very wonderful area to go and just experience the languages. And in fact, I think in Sardinia, I forgot the city, their, their dialect is almost Latin. It's one of those UN heritage sites, and, and that language, you know, again, they're trying to protect them because there's so few people that speak of it. It's the older generation. You know, the young ones, they go to school, they learn Italian. You know, even if they're from yeah. those areas, they learn Italian. And the only possible exposure they have to the old dialects is through the older generations. But you know what? There's a, I have a, a great saying somebody taught me a long time ago, and that is youth is wasted on the young. When these kids could be learning these things, they don't appreciate it. And then when they get older and they want to learn, it's like, sorry, they're all dead. So there, yeah. there is a group that's going around Calabria, and they're trying to record people talking in these old dialects so that they can have some kind of, you know, record of the languages. But why is the old dialect uh, wrong? Why is It's not wrong. It's just I mean, why just, are they trying to change it's not it? Wrong. It's, it's just, honestly it's, almost a different language. And it so is. because Italy became a unified country so recently that they're trying to unify their language. Like we all speak English, America, whether we have a different accent in Alabama versus New York or whatever, you know, it's an accent, but it's not necessarily a dialect. Now, a dialect literally has a completely different word or a or a, t- a tweak to a word that's, that you may not understand. You actually only speak Italian. So it is almost like another language. Well, and, and so again, it's, it's, that, that culture, though, that, that I'm glad that people are trying to preserve it because that culture is very important. Language yeah. is very important. And, and it's something I've, you know, it's the whole motivation for the show. You got to know where you come from to know who you are. And when you know who you are, Absolutely. you know what you're meant to be. And people just, I don't, I can't, I keep scratching my head going, why can't people get that through their head? Because if you you're don't know. what I say, right? you're pre- Yeah, if you don't know who you are, then, right, because then anybody can define who you are instead of you owning 
yourself. Now what happens if you don't know who you are, someone can come along and say, you're this, you're that. And then we wonder why society is so divided. Even when we had all these immigrants over here, we were never that divided. But now... We're not only divided through through the you know the immigration piece. We're divided even as Native American you know native born native born meaning born here in the states versus having immigrated here yeah. from another country. We're so divided now as a country, and it's for the wrong reasons. Instead of people being comfortable with who they are, they don't know who they are. Yeah. And people are telling they're putting them in buckets and saying you're a this or you're a that, and then now you're creating animosity between the buckets. Yeah, and it's not even what we actually are. I tell people you got to know who you are. I. I truly believe that, like, I, I find myself automatically always drawn to people, not necessarily only Italians, but people who know who they are, whatever ethnicity they are. If they're Greek, or they're African, or they're Irish, if they're from there, or they're first generation, and they know that they're, they know their stories, their history, and their food. First of all, I think the first way to know your, your culture is to know your food. Yes. One of the things I teach people, teach my back-to-the-table course, is I say, you know what? Seek out the rest of the foods of your heritage because when you bring your heritage to the table, it sparks so much because automatically – like it automatically brings faith and family together. Fa- families at the table, okay, because with my Father Carmen story earlier, I'm like, well, how do I fix this? Well, teach people how to cook. I teach people how to cook by way of the Italian kitchen. That's what – it's my go-to. But if you can cook, you can cook anything. So then – you get your family to the table with a good home-cooked meal. But what am I bringing to the table? Italian food. So now I have heritage and family at the table. Then, even if I can't get the kids to go to church on a Sunday, I can we're still be saying grace at the table. So guess what? We've got heritage, faith, and family right there at that table. And then I tell people, if you make dessert, you can dinner brings them there, but dessert keeps them there a little longer. So, you know, that's what we got to do. we got to get to the table and hang out there for a while. And then they understand what it's all about. You know, I had a 15-year-old kid that came on my trip this past summer, and he was surprised how much it was, you know, he was surprised how much time we spent at the table and how cool it was to listen to people and talk and hear all these stories. So he, you know, took this home. He actually wrote me a, he wrote me a little like um, review and I was like, wow, I got a review from a 15 year old. So, you know, if it's introduced to them, they will, you know, if they build it and they will come, you know, and so we got to build it. We got to build the table and bring it and they'll, they'll come because I'm sorry, all my kids, friends, all six, I have six kids. All six of them brought their friend. All their friends wanted to be at our house. <laughs> there, there was, I'll tell you, funny because this is just kind of an example. This one day, this kid Tom, one of my one of my son's friends, nice American kid, <laughs> he happened to pop in, and I was making pasta al tonno, pasta with tuna. It was a Friday in Lent, okay. So um, I was like, oh, Tom, I said, you want to stay for dinner? I got plenty. He's like, sure, sure. So he said, he's like, oh, my God, this is really good. What is this? Is, it, is this chicken? I said, no, it's tuna. You're kidding me. I've never had anything like this. is so good. He raved over it. So long after I made that dish again, it was a family. It is a family favorite. So I made it again. And all of a sudden, Tom's at the door again. And I'm like, Tom, guess what? I think I made that dish again that you really like. Do you want to have some? Oh, yeah, thank you so much. So he sits down. Well, it happened a third time. And I'm like, okay. What's going on here? I found out that my kids were calling I was making that dish again. <laughs> and he was just uh, showing up at the door. But, you know, food will bring them to the table. And uh, I gave Tom that recipe, you know. <laughs> so, but is it's, you know, this is the kind of that we need to embrace and get back to the table. So We should call it spaghetti and tuna fish. And, uh, you know, last <laughs> thing on my end, 
uh, yeah, I always tell people that my dad, if we were watching TV and when the show was over and the credits pop up, oh, there's an Italian producer. There's an Italian director. Oh, we do the same yeah. thing. Oh, my God. And, and I was <laughs> brought up with, because, you know, they love sports. I was brought up with Rocky Marciano, Graziano. My mom loved Nino Benvenuti, Giorgio Canale, the, the soccer player. And mm-hmm. That was pounded Absolutely. into my head. And, uh, uh, you know, the singers, of course. And... Um, uh, were you brought up the same way? Did they instill those things in you when you were a little kid? Oh, absolutely! It was always you know Mario Lanza and yes. um, playing in the on the on the stair, you know the record player yeah. record player, um, always Italian music playing, always you know sauce on the stove, always yeah. talking about my father had the gallon of wine sitting next to yeah. his chair, um, you know that. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, and I get so this is why this is make people on these trips to Italy because it's an off the beaten path trip. They are to a peasant village, which is the way most of our ancestors here in America. Sure. Most of us came from the south. Most of us came from these little towns looking for a better life. Honestly, you know, somebody was in a on a little doc mini doc on TV a couple of years ago, and this guy said who had moved back to Italy from Long Island. He said, you know, our grandparents moved. America for a better life. He goes, now we're moving back here for a better life. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's what I'm looking to do. So if anybody wants to go on a trip to Italy and see what real Italy's like, or if you just need help finding, you know, your own heritage, I can help you with that. I've got a great dealist I work with, and she knows all kind of, uh, she's all tucked into the Italian stuff. Go to DorinasKitchen.com. That's my website, and you can just contact me through there. And you know what else? I, I I have a free giveaway. If anybody of your listeners, Steve and like I will take free... it. We'll take it. We're we're not too shy to beg. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I I created a little document. It's of some free recipes to get you started, getting your family back to the table. You know, and they are my you know little kind of Italian or Italianish. I call them because I take everything and I Italianize it. Let me go. tell you how to get those recipes. It's DorinasKitchen.com, like my website, but slash recipes. And there's a free download for the recipes for you. In the meantime, though, I was going to say that uh, – oh, no, I forgot what I was going to say. Okay, anyway, <laughs> the Italian mind, the Italian mom is going in too many directions at once. Oh, right. No worries, Dorina. But, Listen, um, but, but you know what? Look, unfortunately, Dorina, we're almost out of time, but I want to do this. Yep. I want to thank you again for joining us. Um, it's amazing how fast time flies when we have a great interview. So you were absolutely fantastic. And and oh, you, it was, you. it was funny because when we, we were chatting before – you know, and you're, you know, we're texting back and forth and I'm like, ah, it's going to be easy, blah, 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 blah. And you know what? It, it's just the way we do it. We just have a nice conversation and uh, you just get people to relax. And the next thing you know, you're like, holy cow, time's up. But for the folks that are listening, yeah. don't worry. I'm going to put the link to her website out there when I push out the um, episode and uh, you would find Dorina Lintella out there on her website, and we'll have all kinds of information for you. Dorina's a wonderful person. Hope you're going to get in one of her oh, cooking classes, and maybe you'll take a tour well, with her to me... Italy. I'm coming to your house in Italy, Dorina. I just want you to know. Come that. on. I'm showing up. You know, I'm going to throw up. Okay, we're having the spaghetti and tuna fish. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Pasta al tonno. You know, I'm going to throw thing out. I do a cooking show on Facebook and YouTube under Dorina's Kitchen, so – if you Google Dorina's Kitchen, you'll find me everywhere. Oh, fantastic. All right, Dorina, listen, thank you again for joining us, and we appreciate it. And everyone that's listening, thanks to Dorina. We'll put our contact information out there. So hopefully you can follow her out on YouTube and go to her website, see what classes you got up, and take a look at the tours she is offering. Great job, Dorina. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Buona giornata. Buona giornata. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. 
If you missed Italian Impact Weekly live on WKHB Radio, 620 AM, 102.1 FM, you can always listen to our archives by going to www.italianimpactweekly.com and hear such great guests as Mario Andretti, Vince Ferragamo, Chris Corciani, Vince Papali, and many, many other successful Italian business owners, uh, artists, cooks, a uh, bunch of great uh, people. Our other show, Talking Business and Life with Claudio Rosano and Steve Mancini. You can hear that show on www.crsmmedia.com. On this show, we cover such great topics as having different funnels of income, dealing with rejection, pivoting to a new career. We, we have a lot of great guests on that show, including boxing icon Jerry Cooney. Don't forget about my show, The Claudio Relsano Show. You can hear that show on ClaudioRelsano.com with such great guests as Ken Griffey Sr., Rocky Blyer, Dick Vermeil, Roman Gabriel, Pierre LaRouche, and many, many others. Jim Rooker, Sid Bream, a bunch of uh, wonderful guests. And if you're looking to host your own podcast, contact Empire Media Ventures, which is Steve and I, at questions at ItalianImpactWeekly.com. And finally, on May 18th, there is a great event called Let's Party for KC. It's Kennedy Catholic Schools. They're having a great golf event where it will be uh, at Tam O'Shantner Golf Course in uh, Her Hermitage, Pennsylvania. When? Again, May 18th, only $100. There's a dinner. Uh, you get a foursome. There's a it's a lot of fun, trust me, and for a great cause. Kennedy Catholic uh, School is a, is a fantastic place. Please call Maria Metters at 330 Five five nine eight eight nine one. That's three three zero five five nine eight eight nine one. Maria Metters, please tell us, tell her that you heard it on the show. I'll definitely be there. And again, it's May eighteenth. We'd also like to thank Chris Gonzalez from the Knights of Columbus. If you have any questions about joining the Knights of Columbus, reach out to Chris Gonzalez at four one two six zero five nine zero seven four. Thanks to Greater Pittsburgh Travel. For any of your travel needs, let Tom and the team at Greater Pittsburgh Travel know, and they'll take care of you. For more information, call 412-331-2244 or visit their website at www.greaterpittsburghtravel.com. For all of your plumbing needs, be sure to try Pellucci Plumbing. Nick and the team have decades of experience and will get you back up and running. For more information, call Pellucci Plumbing at 412-782-5050. And we want to thank the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. If you're interested in learning more, you can find their contact information on Facebook at Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. Again, thanks Domenica and the team at the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh for your support. And we want to thank La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei, the only nonprofit school in Pittsburgh endorsed by the Italian consulate. If you're interested in learning Italian or have your children being immersed in the Italian culture and language, be sure to give them a call at 412-404-7070. That's La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei. All right, folks, welcome back. And we are joined by another special guest, and we're excited to have him on, and it is Bill Ronane. Bill, how are you? I'm doing good. Great to be on the show. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, no worries. Listen, a lot of folks are going to be like, who is Bill Ronane? But you know what? Uh, we're going to start about your background, but uh, I think you have a great um, little story as kind of the keeper of the Mario Lanza uh, Museum. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But before we jump into that, Bill, Tell the folks that are listening a little bit about yourself. Where are you from and where's your family from? Well, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Um, immediate family is from, you know, the Brooklyn, New York area. I mean, um, I have uh, descendants. Uh, I'm descended from Italian and Irish immigrants, so um, Naples uh, area. Do you have relatives and, um, still back there in Italy? 
Not that I've met, but you probably. I'm sure um, we all do. And then my uh, my father's half Italian, half Irish, so the Irish side comes from County Cork in Ireland. Oh, okay. And I understand that my last name is, uh, is a big concern in, in uh, Ireland. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 Nobody <laughs> says that on the show and gets a pass. What's the concern? I, it's some uh, big um, manufacturing firm or something. But my last name is kind of common. Oh, in Ireland, you mean? Because certainly yeah, not in the United too. States. I mean, if you if you Google, there's other Bill Rowe names. Really? I, I'm yeah. not going to lie to you, Bill. You're the first, so I'll take <laughs> okay. that as a I'm no. I'm the first for the show. <laughs> first I know of. All right. Well, Bill, again, appreciate you coming on the, on the show. Now, let's kind of dive into this. You know, you are the keeper. Let's start. Who is Mario Lanza? Mario Lanza was uh, born in Philadelphia. He's a um, first-generation Italian. Um from Italian immigrants, and uh, he was the possessor of one of the all-time great tenor voices. Not just operatic, but he was able to uh, encompass many genres of music because he could scale down his voice. He can go from an aria to singing a, a popular song, and you you wouldn't know he could sing an aria. You know, right after, if he was to sing an aria again, you'd be surprised. It was, it was that kind of special voice. He um, He had a short life and career. He died when he was 38. And uh, But he had a great impact on the world. Uh, he was a, he was pursuing an operatic career and he sang a concert at the Hollywood Bowl in California and uh, MGM got wind of him. They gave him an audition and they signed him to a seven-year contract. So his career changed and he became a big movie star. Then he had international fame and, uh, you know, he toured the world. He sang concerts, uh, Made some films overseas, appeared on a, briefly on TV shows, not too many, and uh, but they were still in their infancy too. And uh, like I said, he died young. He had a kind of a busy life with a lot of ups and downs, and he had, you know, for a guy that was very athletic, if he were to come in a museum, I could show you pictures when he was 16. He looks like you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and um, you know, he had uh, his health wasn't good near the end. And he had, you know, several heart attacks, the last one which killed him when he was in Rome. But he, he inspired many people from opera singers to Elvis Presley. You know, uh, when you when I hear the name Mario Lanza, a couple things. My dad had a bunch of 78s, if you remember those. Carlo, oh, yeah. Carlo Butti and, of course, oh, yeah. Mario Lanza. But also what I think about is Mario Lanza was very good friends with somebody who was a hero to me, two heroes, uh, Rocky Marciano. Right. Uh, and uh, Bruno San Martino, and I, I'm almost positive that Bruno was a bodyguard for him at some different events. I, I, I don't know if you can confirm that or not, or if, if you knew I'm not about sure. that. You know, I'm not sure of the age difference, because Lanza died in '59. I'm not sure. Well, he was older Bruno than Bruno. Was, for Bruno sure. Yeah, I know. I think Bruno was wrestling in the '60s. I'm not oh, sure. Oh yeah, Bruno was born in '35. Oh, but Bruno, he, that's a good possibility. Yeah. yeah, Bruno was a huge Mario Lanza <clears throat> fan and a huge opera fan. Yeah. But uh, yeah, when when you said that, and I still remember, you know, we have the old uh, record players. My dad, you know, used to say, "Oh, this music today isn't any good," but he put on, you know, Mario Lanza, and, and like you say, he was, he was built well, good-looking guy, movie star looks, and uh, unfortunately, there was more. Uh, for him to do. Um, but why did you choose Mario Lanza to have a museum and, and things of that nature, preserve well, his memory? Well, the museum memory? preceded me. I mean, I was, I've been a fan since I'm about seven or so, so my parents told me. I mean, I would sit in front of the TV every time. They would, years ago, you could watch him on regular TV in the afternoon. 
now now it's an occasion, but you know they still show. Uh, and uh, I just became a fan, and then uh, they the uh, they have a museum in Philly because his family and friends got together after he died, and they started the Mario Lanz Institute. And a friend of his, Nick Petrello, who used to have a record shop by South Philly High, he had a museum for Mario in the back of his shop for quite a few years, and then, you know it moved around. Mm-hmm. And to where we are now, and. Um, now he was he was friends with Mario, so I mean, if he needed memorabilia, you'd just get on the phone, and they'd send him all the publicity stuff. To, but so a lot of that we still have in the museum, posters, lobby cards, stills, sure. all kinds of stuff. And uh, you know, it's, it preserves his memory. Does he have a lot of fam? Does he have any family around? There's some. I mean, his daughter is in California. Um, he had four children, but she's the only one left. They had tragic lives, though, in the sense of early death. Sure. And um, his wife, you know, the wife passed away right after he did, about five months later. I mean, his parents are naturally gone, and the, the grandparents, uh, some of the cousins are still around. Recently, they did a movie about the Von Erich family, the wrestling family, and there was nothing but tragedy with that family. Mm. But it, but it, it what, uh, how can I put it? It was worthy of a movie. Mario Lanza, I mean, now, I, I think there was a movie made of him years ago. You can correct me if I'm wrong. They tried, but it never happened. Do you think that they can, do you think a movie will ever take place? It depends. If they if they use his voice, okay. If they try to get somebody to sing for him, might be harder. Good point. But it, I guess the daughter would have to put the stamp on it because I'm sure she probably still owns the rights. Yeah, she has uh, the name rights. Uh, actually, uh, well, RCA morphed into BMG, into, right. now it's Sony. So Sony actually owns his voice. There is, I, so, you know, I, I mean, there's royalties and rights sure. and performance use and all that stuff that they would have to take into consideration. I mentioned uh, Rocky Marciano. They made two movies of him. And one was, a, in my opinion, a D. The other one was a C. And it could have been an A plus because he lived a very remarkable, interesting life. Mm. I, in my opinion, a, a biopic, you really don't have to do too much because the person already lived its, lived their life, right? But Mario Lanza, like you, unfortunately, there was some tragedies, a lot of things he had to deal with. He just didn't go up there and sing. And obviously, he's probably considered maybe the greatest singer of all time. So again, it would be nice if they came up with a movie. And it doesn't have to be about the singing, but the process of how he got there, his life as a singer, so on and so forth. I think it would be unbelievable, if done right. It would be, be nice to have that. Of course, the fans would want to hear the voice. <laughs> oh, sure. They uh, have yeah. to have that. Yeah. I mean, there's been scripts out there, but you know, they never went too far. Now, Bill, let's talk about your public relations firm. You focus on different lectures and presentations. And if I'm not mistaken, you have a bunch of presentations available on Italian music. What are some of the themes? Are these where people are coming to you and asking you, hey, listen, I'm looking for something on this? Or do you just kind of say, you know what, I'm going to put it out there and see who bites? How does something like that work? I I do presentations at senior centers, uh, retirement communities, like the 55-plus places, and um, Italian clubs. I've done quite a few Italian clubs, uh, Sons of Italy. Okay. And, um, you know, I put together a presentation, and I put it out there, and, you know, we work out a deal, and I come to it. Are they st- I've done Frank is Sinatra. Still, I was say, is this still well-received? I mean, is, are, are, yeah, are there any sure. younger people getting involved in this, or is this strictly kind of an over-50 type crowd that cares? With Lanza or with the uh, eh, just in, Just in general. Yeah, they, they like it. I mean, they're actually, I, I know somebody that's collecting LPs. He's in his 20s. You know, it's funny you say that because they are making a comeback. 
Yeah. There are a lot if of people you Walmart, yeah, they're starting to find the, the bigger. They're not cheap either. No, no. It's, well, it's funny because I, I still when have mine. Three ninety nine and Sam Goodies. Yeah. <laughs> I still have my records from. Uh, I have them. Yeah. I what, mean, what I have is, my father? You mentioned seventy eight. So I have yeah, forty five, seventy eight, all kinds of whatever formats. What is the, I say, the most prized possession in the museum of Mario Lanza? Well, there's a terracotta bust that was made in 1964 by a fan. You would think he posed for it. Wow. That's how good it is. I mean, she did it from pictures. It's almost the right. I mean, it would, he would be slightly taller, or maybe bigger in the chest and the shoulders. But you know, it's, it's a great. It's the if you go on the Facebook page, you can see it. It's the um, the background picture, I guess they call it. Uh-huh. Uh, but we have we have the you know we have a website, we have a Facebook page, so it helps with promotion. But that, I would say that we have the original. But the, you know, there's various uh, versions floating around because sure. the mold made the rounds. Uh, there's a bronze one. There's a alabaster one. You know. I was wrapping it up when we were moving, and I didn't know it was hollow inside. Oh. And I put my hand underneath to support it, and it went all the way up. <laughs> it's it's like the old chocolate Easter bunnies, the head yeah, is hollow yeah, and yeah. the body's hollow. Yeah. yeah. And then I gave it a little light tap. I says it's hollow, like I hit a ring. How, how is it, his it, How is his daughter? Uh, is she cooperative with anything at the museum? Uh, does she make yeah, appearances? Well, she, she promotes. I mean, she she goes to she goes to Europe sometimes when they have events. Uh, she was at the we. Did the Mario Alonzo ball every year to raise money? She came a few years ago, okay. uh, twenty two. She was there. They had like a family reunion too, but so a lot of them, you know, they're all over the place. The ones that are still around, the cousins and everything. Sure. From now, California to Florida. Is would you say that the popularity has maintained a certain level, gone up, slightly down? What do you think? I'd, I'd say it's maintained. I mean, I wouldn't be able to open a museum in a new location and have people come to monthly events that we do. Okay. Like, for example, we're doing a birthday party, Remembrance Society. It's sold out. Oh, good. And we have a soprano from uh, Rome coming to perform. She's in the United States, so, you know, that, that worked out nice. And she's going to be uh, performing with a guitarist, classical guitarist. And then, you know, I, we, I do some of my lectures, the Italian ones, I do them in the museum. Usually the musical ones I do. Because I did Judy Garland and Elvis Presley, too. And then, you know, we show his movies uh, at, at luncheons periodically throughout the year. Get, you know, get a nice crowd. It's nice. It's, there's nothing like watching a Mario Alonzo movie in his museum on the streets called Mario Alonzo Way in the city where he was born. I mean, that, that really gets the fans. One thing about athletes is they will mention, like especially here in Pittsburgh, a lot of the, well, really all over the, the Latin players will always mention Roberto Clemente or whatever. Does an Andrea Bocelli ever talk about Mario Alonzo? Yeah. Um, he, uh, he, I can't, I can't think of the name of the special he did about a year or two ago. And he sings Be My Love, which was Lanza's signature tone mm. in his first big, you know, goal record. And, uh, he, he speaks with, uh, Placido Domingo, another fan of Lanza, um, and a great star. Uh, they, they talk like, um, they pre-recorded it because, you know, the concert's different. Sure. And after he finishes, you know, they, they, they talk about Lanza, so they're fans. And that's good because it keeps the name fresh to the younger people. Well, let me ask you. you. You said your your dad was uh, Irish Italian and your mom was Italian. Now, uh, your youth was kind of more shaped, obviously, by the Italian side of things. And I know you said you know you started listening to Mario Lanza when you were young. Were there any other uh, famous Italians that you've kind of have that? I want to say a draw to that. You go, you know what? That that reminds me of when I was a young kid. Well, I'm, I heard everything in the house from you know the opera to the Beatles. When I was growing up, I mean, it helps now when I do all these presentations because I have the background. I, I got a, like a degree in music just by listening to them in my house. 
but you know Frank Sinatra, um, Tony Bennett, of course, Dean Martin, Connie Francis. Right. So you weren't necessarily like it wasn't necessarily just a, you know just listen to the Italian no, greats yeah, thing, right? Yeah, I heard I heard everybody. Nat King Cole. Okay. No, that's... I, I caught the tail end of the like the Ed Sullivan show the last few years. Well, you can, well, apparently it's back on TV, so you can go watch all the old reruns of anything you missed. I think they have a YouTube page. It's nice, too. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I said, but you know what's interesting is, now a lot of those people are gone, but there are a lot of them that aren't gone. And I mean, I'll, I'll still catch myself watching old Johnny Carson or something, and I'm looking, yeah. and I'm like, man, that person is really old now. They used to be young. <laughs> or, or you hear, like, the, the, the biggest one that's kind of funny is when you still see the Rolling Stones. You know, they're still out touring, and, you know, you're watching these the 60s. Tour, yeah. Like 15 years now. It's like, this how is many it. hundreds of millions of dollars do you need? But, you know, it's it's funny because you'll go out and you'll see them, like, you know, on Ed Solomon or something, you know, or, or one of those older shows from the 60s, and then they're still out there touring, and you're like, man, God bless them. They just kept this thing going. And right. uh, as a student of music, and, you know, like everybody, you like to listen to to music. You know, who, who doesn't? You know, it's a pick-me-up, makes you feel good. But uh, it's just funny to go back and listen to some of these groups and see those old interviews when these people were young. It just does something to you. And I'm just curious, like I said, when you're, you know, obviously you were a big fan of Mario Alonso. He's no longer with us. And any other ones that are still out there that's still kind of nostalgic for you? <laughs> he's, <laughs> gone, he's, see, he's gone. He's gone. Tony, uh, Tony Bennett was almost 100. Yeah. yeah but uh, yeah, you know, he good life. Good life. And you know what? He was still singing towards the end. I oh, mean, yeah. that's the biggest thing is there's a difference between being old and being old. Right. You know, age is a number, but it depends on where you at with that number. Hey, he Bill, had the I, trouble with the excuse me. He had the trouble with the Alzheimer's, but when he would oh, yeah. hear the music, he was fine. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. I, my apologies. The the guy who jumps out, two guys that are Italian that are still relevant i guess uh john bon jovi obviously and michael buble is yeah. italian oh yeah and he's he's very good he honors a lot of the uh oh, i didn't know guys. that yeah buble yeah. is italian yeah there's a vowel at the end of it <laughs> i think it must be northwest towards france uh, i don't know but he he does talk about it uh, well that's good stuff though bill if people want to get a hold of you and learn more information about the museum where can they where can they go well you could start with the website www.mariolanzainstitute.org and that'll give you, you know, what's coming up and what we're doing and, um, this, you know, we, we raise money for, we give out scholarships, so, you know, we sell CDs and stuff to raise money for that. And then we have a Facebook page, which is updated a little quicker besides that one. And that's, I'll put clips on that are on YouTube and there's announcements. And we'll, and we'll share that. When we, when we post these interviews, we always like to share links to folks' sites so they can get more information, just in case they missed it. But uh, real quick, I do want to ask you about that. You said scholarships. So how does that work, and who is that for? Yeah, well, we get, we um, we give out – it was Lonza's dream to help young singers because he went through that process, and it, it was a little harder then. We have an audition competition, and uh, usually in, like, October, and uh, we, we get a nice crowd of young – it's uh, singers from 21 to through 28. And, uh, and they're going to college, obviously. To, to, to yeah, train. they're in universities or uh, music schools or private teachers. And um, they audition, and, you know, we only have so much money for scholarships, so however many finalists we can pick. And then, you know, it's an American Idol situation at the, at the main, main event. They, they perform, the judges, uh, you know, make a decision, and then we award the scholarships. You know, we have a lot of them are sponsored by organizations or individuals. And then, you know, the fans are very generous. They make memorial donations. I mentioned Andrea Bocelli. Who else would you say is in that ballpark of, of Alonzo? 
Well, that's uh, I mean, still alive. <laughs> well, that's that's up and coming, or or alive, uh, yeah. Uh, well, um, I would have said Pavarotti, but you know, he's yeah. he's gone. Um, but I see a lot of the, you know, I call them the kids. They're in the, the young twenties. I I see them as they're coming up. Like for example, um, I mean, well, we had the, um, I mean, not just so much tenors, but sopranos. We mm-hmm. some of the people that are singing at the Met now went through a competition mm-hmm. ten years ago, maybe. We, we're like the beginning. We're not. We don't give out, you know, the big bucks like some of the other organizations. So we we help with the more with maybe with school, you know, the school and the the, the sheet music, okay. and you know the voice teachers. Uh, but you know, we see we see them go. Um, oh, uh, see, Roberto Alagna is always inspired by Lanza. He's you know he's in his fifties now, but he's still going strong. And uh, he's, I think he's Sicilian and French. Interesting. Because, Interesting yeah. combination there. Mm. Bill, again, we want to thank you very much for thank your time. Thank you so much. Yeah, and uh, again, I hope folks will enjoy um, all the information that you're putting out there. Again, we're going to put the website out there. I hope to come visit you in the museum down in Philly, and, uh, you know, we'll go from there to stay in touch. And, uh, again, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me, and I look forward to greeting people at the museum. Go to our website, Facebook page. You'll, you know, you can enjoy lines, and by all means, watch them on YouTube. There's a lot of stuff on there. Awesome. Hey, thanks right. again. Thanks, thank Bill. You, Bill. We'll talk Appreciate to you. it. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Again, I want to thank our guests, Bill and Darina. And uh, for the folks that are listening, in case you missed how to get in touch with them or go out to their websites, we will post all of that information. We always appreciate guests taking time out of their busy schedule to spend a few minutes with us and for you to spend a few minutes with us as well. So thank you very much. Claudia, we had a couple of very different guests on the show. we got a museum, you know, to honor a great singer, and we have somebody who's out there, you know, putting meals together to bring families back. I mean, these, these are two nostalgic themes that kind of take us both back in time. Are we making a comeback, the Italians? I hope so. I, I think so. I, I told you a couple months a month in December when I went to the Italian Hall of Fame in Chicago, I, I was m- so moved at the younger people, and I'm talking about younger, I'll just say 60 and under, right. that were passionate about our heritage, and it meant something to them. But one thing, too, uh, I mentioned Bruno. There was an old documentary, I want to say uh, 74. Uh, Bruno played... Mario Alonzo piece and he you can see how Bruno got emotional when this one part that Mario Alonzo hit you know and and I, I that, that's that just came to mind what an unbelievable singer he was but the uh, the impact he had on on his fans and how much they really appreciate him he just didn't gotten crooned he was right. a singer but it's nice to hear people like Bill preserving a memory or a legacy it's nice to hear somebody like Dorena preserving tradition and I, I like the thing that she's going to teach people how to how to be together again right. I, I know like today I'm leaving the door my wife's coming in my daughter's going out and yes but Sunday even after a game of mine or whatever it is we make sure that we have a, a good Sunday dinner and we, we just enjoy each other's company it makes it even that much more special right. and the holidays have to be you know that that's what it's all about as well and being together not so much the food the food is a part of it and uh, I think that's what we do. And I think the more we talk about it, other people will not that we're the only ones who do it. I don't mean that. But we add a Well, there's a little, little something special. That's right. Flavor is the key word. Yeah. And, and you can read that in a lot of ways. Yeah. But, I, but I'll tell you what. It's funny that you say that because I was just thinking now. And I thought, when did that, when did the family essentially break down occur? And I, I would say it was probably the 70s and the 80s when I'd you started to have two, probably more the 80s. And I would actually agree with that. And I'll, I'll tell you why. 
You had m- both parents going to work now, and the whole reason they were going to work was to buy the toys. Because all the new toys, and, and I mean literally the kids' toys that were very different, and the adult toys, we've got to get a big house in the suburbs, we've got to have two cars, we've got to have the latest, you know, the latest Star Wars toys, E.T. toys, we've got to have all this junk. Junk, junk, junk. I remember George Carlin did a great skit on junk, and he talked about how you know you fill up your house with a bunch of junk, and what do you do? You sell the house, you buy a bigger house, and you more put junk. more junk, and you just keep doing it. And that's the problem, because now if you want to have your junk, you want to have the big house, most people can't afford that on one salary. So what happens? You're all going, everybody's going to work. And when everybody's going to work, kids are coming home, and who's raising them? Either the other kids are raising them, the streets raising them, or the nannies raising them. But it's not the family raising them. Because now the parents come home and they're too tired to do anything, so they're not really engaged. You know, I remember when I used to coach, and I cannot tell you the number of parents, both working, and they would just drop the camp, hockey, for example. You know, we're talking 20 years ago when I was coaching, you know, travel youth. And they would drop them kids off at the rink, and it was basically, that was the babysitter. I was the babysitter. Take the kids on the ice, beat the crap out of them for an hour. You know, the kids go in the locker room. They get parents driving up. Kids grab their bag. They run out, throw their stuff in the car, and then they go home. They do their homework, and then they go to bed. There's no life there. I mean, and that's very normal nowadays. So I love the preservation of, you know, the traditions. But I think what people don't understand is that tradition made society essentially work. Because now look at people. Everyone's angry. They're lonely. You know, we're staring at our phones. People don't want to associate. You say hi to someone. They look like, well, who are you? What, what? What did I, was there something on your, you know, I got something on my shirt. These people just don't, or just don't know how to, they don't know how to act around humans anymore. I think we may have mentioned it before when Sebastio Menasalco has a skit where years ago when somebody would knock on a door, oh, come on in, get the coffee <laughs> out, get the, get the entomans out, and so on and so forth. Now somebody knocks on the door, who is that? Duck, shut the lights <laughs> off, you know. What and, are they selling? Yeah. And not and, that people didn't sell before vacuum cleaners, but now you're like, oh, yeah, I, I remember we had a lot of the old timers. Of course, they may have been 50. I'm 59. I thought they were old, but they used to come over the house, not just for the holidays either, right. just to come say hello. And then we would go visiting. I still go buy some homes in Swickley that my parents would go visit, and I'd go with them. And uh, nobody does that anymore. And like you said, everybody's mad. And there was pressures back then, too. I don't want to hear that there was no pressures. Yeah. There's always pressures. And there was always things on TV that would upset you. There's always life's pressures. But for some reason, they just there was more togetherness, more family. You get through it better because you were together. You know, it's funny because the good book says there's nothing new under the sun. No. We've always had war. We've always had exactly. famine. We always had, exactly. you know, evil. We've always had all of these things. Yeah. Just pretend like it's yeah. like, oh, the good old days. When was yeah. that? Was that during the war? Was it during World War II? Was it during Korea? Even, was it during Vietnam? Was it during war? When were the good old days? Even investments. Well, there was right. There was a real estate crisis in the 70s. There was one uh, in the inflation. 80s. There was one We've in had the 90s. Crashes. There was one in the 2000s. Right. Yeah. But, and you know what the funny thing was, was what got you through it was having people around you that were going through the same thing and supporting each other. And that's what doesn't exist anymore is that support network of family and friends. Nope. And neighbors were your friends. You know, and I, I, nobody... Uh, has a busier schedule than me. I've never well, missed. I'd like to challenge that for a dollar. <laughs> who would? I said me. I'd like oh, to challenge that for a dollar. Uh, I, I've never missed one of my daughter's events. One time, technically, I didn't watch her perform in the, at halftime, but I was there prior to the game to watch her perform because I was doing a speech on the Gateway Clipper. But I would not, I, I just did not miss any of her events. And she's, she'll be 23 in May. And it seemed like five minutes ago she was, 23 months okay 
and um, or my parents. My parents never missed an event. They they were they they watched me play. They would come to a school play, whatever it, it was. And it, and they I used to tell my parents, "Thank you for coming." They said we wanted to come. We enjoy it more than you enjoy it. And 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 but I don't. I think that's missing. And there was people that you know maybe they couldn't come. Whatever. Who am I to say? But there was people who didn't. Like we never miss one of my daughters, as I said, mm-hmm. uh, color guard events. To this day, she's a coach. We don't miss them, you know, because it's special. And like I said, even dinner. Sometimes I'll go in my dining room to this day, and just kind of soak it in when nobody's there, just me, looking forward to a dinner, looking forward to a holiday. And, and that's what it's all about. You know, it's almost kind of like this. Gene Simmons once said, "You're born. You're 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 starting to grow." You find something you want to do. You have a goal and a dream. You work hard towards that goal and the dream. You make it. You try to do some good, then you die. <laughs> you know. So you know, enjoy what you're doing because That's right. it, it, one it day goes, at a time. One day at a time. Just enjoy it. Soak it in because time flies. Look at us. We're coming on a year yeah. for this show, which is unbelievable. Actually, unbelievable. I think yeah, we're probably a few more weeks. We we'll have one more year. Unbelievable. One year. Yeah, it, it just flies by. Well, folks, again, we hope you enjoyed the episode. We appreciate you taking time. And again, friendly reminder. Join us February 17th at the Italian Carnavale here in Pittsburgh. Going to be dancing, DJ, live accordionist, heavy appetizers, main dish. You know, you can dress as your favorite Mardi Gras character or not, whatever, but give Sal a call at 412-812-3989, or you can get more details on our Facebook site. Like us at Italian Impact Weekly. That's out on Facebook, or come on out to the website, italianimpactweekly.com. And folks, as always, I like to give Claudio the last word, because if not, he yells at me. No, we appreciate so much all of you listening to the show, your comments, or when you see me, you talk about the show. Thank you. And as always, thank you, Mom and Pop. <laughs>